Amen. Well, it's good to be here. <laughs> so, again, I am Pastor Marcio. It's good to be here. Um, I really like being in this place. I like to come to the different meetings that they have. And, and thank you, Pastor Tom and the leadership here at City Church for having me. And yes, my wife and my children are here. Well, I only see one of my children. I don't know where the other one went. <clears throat> the teenager left. But, um, <laughs> but my wife, Tia, she is my biggest supporter, my biggest encourager. So I give thanks to her for always being there for me. And as you can hear, I have an accent. So <laughs> I am from Honduras. I was born and raised in Honduras. And I came to <clears throat> Madison, Wisconsin in 1993 when I was a freshman in high school. So it kind of gives you my age. And um, I've been, I fell in love with Madison. It was in high school also when I fell in love with Tia. And then she begged me to stay. So I was like, fine, I'll stay. <laughs> and I never went back to, to Honduras. But uh, yeah, really Madison is my home. So it's really an honor to be here. So uh, if you don't understand my accent, sometimes my wife understands even the words that no one can understand. You can ask her later, what was he saying? And sometimes I make my, my, my own words. You know, I, I get a Spanish word and add some kind of weird accent behind it, and I assume it's English. But that's me. Well, let's pray so that we can get into the word. Father God, we give you thanks for this time. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you that your word is alive and powerful. I pray, God, that you will use your word today to accomplish the purpose for which it was sent, God. I pray that it will penetrate, that it will activate us, Father, that it will cause us to enter into what you want us to enter into, God. Thank you, Father God. Father, I pray that you will take over. I have my notes. I have the message, God, but I say, Holy Spirit, take over and do what you want to do. And in a supernatural way, God, Father, you know the needs and the places where everybody is here, God. I pray that you will speak to each individual here through the word that you have um, given me, Lord. In your name I pray, amen. And everybody say, speak, Lord, speak, Lord. that your servant is listening. Amen. That's what Samuel said to the Lord, and, and God spoke. So today, during the announcements, Pastor Tom said something to us. He says, you know, sometimes the enemy, you know, gets a hold of you, and we need to contend, we need to persevere until we enter into that place where God wants us to be. And that's what I want to talk about today. Um, God gave a promise to Abraham. God has a, a destiny. God has a plan. God has a purpose for each one of you. How many of you believe that? He created you with a purpose, with a plan. And he says that it is good. The plan that I have for you, says God, is good. It's to give you hope, to give you a future. But oftentimes, we are not living in the destiny that God wants us to live in. And we need to contend. We need to fight. And that's what I want to talk about uh, today. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Genesis 15. We're going to read for verse 18. This is the promised land. The promise that God gave Abraham, the promised land. It says, on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. God goes to Abraham and says, Abraham, there's a promise that I have for you. There's a destiny. There's a destination for you. Where you are right now, that, that's not where I want you to be. There's something more for you. And you see that? This is what I have for you. And in that promised land, actually, Abraham bought a piece of land. And, and that's where um, 
he was buried. That's where Isaac was buried. That's where Jacob was buried. That's where their spouses uh, were buried, Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah. I mean, this was a very significant place. But centuries went by, many, many hundreds of years went by, and the enemy took over that land. The enemy took over the promised land. The enemy took over the destiny that God had for, for the people of God. And this is usually what happens in our lives. God, has, God creates, us with a, creates us with a purpose. He has a destiny. He has something for you. He has a promised land that he wants you to enter into. And then in this process called life, the enemy starts taking things away. The enemy is very good at taking what God has for you. He wants to steal your marriages. He wants to steal your children. He wants to steal your city. He wants to steal your church. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your city. Ultimately, he wants to kill it. That is the whole goal of the enemy. But there is a promise. And then there's this tension. Life is this tension between what God wants for us and what the enemy is trying to do in our lives. So we need to contend. We need to fight. Now let's go to Joshua chapter 14. Many hundreds of years later, after God had given the promise to Abraham, the Israelites found themselves finally in the promised land. They had to go through the desert. They had to go through slavery. They had to go through a lot of things. But then finally they made it to the promised land, to their destiny. And in chapter 14, here we have Joshua dividing up the land. You know, he's saying, this tribe can have this, this tribe can have that, this tribe can have that. And then in chapter 14, verse 12, Caleb, everybody said Caleb. Caleb comes to Joshua, and this is what he says. Joshua 14, verse 12. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard it that day how the Anakim were there, and the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. So what do we know? We know that Caleb wants this mountain region. Mountains usually mean difficulty. It's not easy to climb a mountain. You know, so here, Caleb says, I want that mountain. Actually, that, that's the area called Hebron. And he says, I want that. But then there's giants there, the Anakim. Those are the descendants of Anak, and supposedly even Goliath is a descendant from this, uh, of Anak. You know, these are giants, these are warriors, and the enemy, we're going to say that they are the enemy. The enemy have taken over the destiny that God had for Caleb. Everybody following me? The enemy has taken over, but he says, I want it back. I want that mountain you know, here in winter, one of the things at the school, one of the things that the children like to play is king of the mountain. So when the plow guy comes, when there's all this snow, I try to tell him, you know, make a big mountain so that the kids can go and, and play there in the snow. And they play, play king of the mountain. How many of you have played that? You know, so we know how it is. There's a king. There's someone that is on the top of the mountain. And all the other kids are supposed to come there and somehow conquer the mountain and bring that kid down. Sometimes it's not very safe, but, but it's fun. <laughs> Tia says, don't encourage them. <laughs> but this is what's happening. 
This mountain belongs to Caleb. This is Caleb's destiny. But there's another king. There's an enemy. There's a giant who has taken over. And God is saying to us, it's time for us to take over that mountain that he has given us. I don't know what that mountain is for you. It can be your marriage. It can be your children. It can be your city. It can be your church. It can be sickness in your body. And you're saying, you know what, Satan? I'm not going to allow you. To reign over my life anymore. I'm taking over this mountain. And that's what he says. But let me give you a little history. Bible history here. Let me talk, talk a little bit about Hebron. Because in Joshua 14, 15. Let me read what it says. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kiriath Arba. Everybody say Arba. And then he says Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. So Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. People live there, and he's a giant. Here's the thing. He took over that city. He even changed the name of it. The destiny that God had for that city was taken away. Even the identity, the identity for that city was Abram. And this guy, this enemy came and stole its identity, stole its purpose, stole its destiny, stole the promise, stole the blessing. And he's doing his own thing. Anakim were the giants that were there. These are the descendants of Anak. And then if you go to Numbers 13.22, and I'm going to give you a lot of verses because I just want you to understand. Actually, the city was called the city of Arba. And in Numbers 13.22, it says, And they went up through the south and came to Hebron. This is when the 12 spies are spying the land. And they went up through the land to the south and came to Hebron. Ahimam, Shishai, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Soan in Egypt. These three men that are taking control of this land are actually the sons of Arba. So I want you to pay attention to this. God says to Abraham, this is your destiny. This is the promise that I have for you. This is the blessing that I have have for you. This is my will. God says, this is my will for you. And Abraham, this city is very significant. Abraham takes a piece of land. There's a cave there. And he is buried there. His wife is buried there. His children are buried there. I mean, this city is very significant. But now we see that the enemy has taken over. God's promised land, God's land of blessing now is a land filled with warrior giants. And Caleb says, I want it. That belongs to me. Well, let me tell you something. Our nation has been taken over by giants. Our marriages have been taken over by giants. Our health, our children, our emotions, our church, our school. And the list goes on and on. Social media has been taken over by giants. And it's not time to run away from the giants. It's time to go to our marriages. It's time to go to our schools. It's time to speak to our bodies. It's time to go to our cities. And it's time to say, we are taking over. I want my mountain back. I want my destiny back. I want my health back. That's what God is saying to all of us. I am here as a messenger of God to tell you, rise up and shine. That's one of my favorite verses. Isaiah 60 says, rise up and shine, because this world is full of darkness. Your light has come. Your light, Jesus, has come, so go ahead and shine. This is something that you have to do. 
God wants to change Madison. God wants to bring something exciting to the church. God wants to do something powerful in your life. But he says, come on, church, rise up. You need to rise up and you need to shine the light that I have given you. This world is full of darkness. And I want to change things around. But guess what? You, say to yourself, me. I need to rise up and shine. I need to stand up and take over the mountain. We can come to church. We can sit here. We can sing praises to the Lord. We can do all of that. But if we don't rise up, darkness covers the earth. And Caleb said, this is the land that God promised me. He said to Joshua, remember 45 years ago. 45 years ago. For 40 years, Caleb was in the desert. And I think he went to bed every night saying, that land belongs to me. I'm in this desert place. I'm in this situation. The circumstances don't look like what God had destined for me. But I'm waiting for that land. And you know, I don't know if a week has gone by, 10 years have gone by, 40 years have gone by, and you've been standing in the desert. But today, God says, here's your land. It's a mountain, and it's full of giants. But is there anything impossible for me? That's what God says. Is there anything impossible for me? And the answer is no. God can overcome. But this is what I want you to see. The promise of God, the blessing of God, the destiny of God, now is taken over by giants, warrior giants. The name has changed. Its destiny has changed. And things are not the same. And what does Caleb said? Let's go to Numbers 13. This is when he first saw the land. 40 years earlier. 45 years earlier. Numbers 13, 26 to 30. This is when the spies go and spy the land. It says, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said... We went to the land where you send us, and it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. If you keep reading, it says that two people had to carry a bunch of grapes. Two people. I mean, these grapes need to be the size of oranges, I'm thinking. You know, two people carrying a bunch of grapes. And Caleb, Joshua, I mean, the people, all of the 12 said, we went to the destiny, God. We went to the promise. We went to the place that you have for us, and it's good. It's good. It's truly flowing with milk and honey. It's a blessing. But, oh, the buts came. But this, but that. But there's this, but there's that. But God. <laughs> yes, I mean, but God. <laughs> but, th but this is what happens. You know, we say, Pastor Tom, that was a good word. Oh, the Bible, that was good. The teaching, that was good. The movie, that was good. We go to YouTube and listen to the video. We say, that's good. And that's all good, but we don't do anything about it. Pastor Tom, that's a good word, but, but not me. Oh, that's a good teaching, but not me. That's a good promise. It says that we will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed, but not me. Because my sickness is too, too, too difficult, or my pain is too strong, or the situation is too hard. And then as a consequence of the disobedience, none of these people that said the destiny is good, the promise is good, that's really what I want for my family, none of them were able to enter into what God had for them, except Joshua and Caleb.
Let me tell you something. The desert was full of blessings. God was protecting them. There was a pillar of fire. There was a cloud of smoke. God was creating manna. God was providing. God was turning bitter water into sweet water. God was doing a lot of amazing things in the desert. But it was still not the destiny that God had for them. And I don't know about you. You can live your life where God is providing. And yes, there's the blessings of God. But if it's not what God wants for me, if that's not the final destination, I don't want to stay in the desert. Praise God for the manna. Praise God for the fire. Praise God for the protection. Praise God for the food. I mean, even there was manna and then there were birds. There was, I mean, all these amazing things. But God says, but there is more. Don't get comfortable in the desert because there is more. And if there's one issue that us church, if we're honest, that we have is we get comfortable. And we say, this is good enough. And God says, that's good, but there's more. I did not create you for a desert. I created you for life and life abundant. Amen. That's what God says. So we need to fight. We need to fight. But everybody, 10 of them, said no. I always ask the church, how many of you know the name of the 10 spies that said no? Probably Pastor Tom doesn't even know them either. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know them. You know why? Because the only ones that matter are Joshua and Caleb. Amen? If you want your name to be remembered, don't be one of the 10. Be a Joshua and a Caleb that are saying, I, I want that. And we can go ahead and take it. That's what I want. No one went to the land because they were disobedient. But in Numbers 14, 24, this is what Caleb said. But my, no, this is what they said about Caleb. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit. Here's the key. Because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. So how do we take over the land? How do we conquer that mountain? City Church, we need a different spirit. There's a version that says, because he has a different spirit and because he followed me with all of his heart. Because he followed me fully, wholeheartedly, with all of your heart. That's what God is looking for. Someone that has a different spirit. Someone that is not wavering. Let's read Joshua 14 verses 9 to 12. I'm giving you a lot of scripture because I just want you to get the point here. Now this is many years later. Here's a man with a different spirit that goes to Joshua when they're giving the land and he says, I want it. So Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land where your foot has trotted shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he has said, these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day. Here you are this day. This is the day. Here I am this day, 85 years old. And yet 
I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. You know, when we read this, we like to pray this a lot for elderly people. And we say, God, I pray that you will give them the strength just like when you were, they were 45 years old. And that's part of it. I believe that he was very strong physically. But you know what he was saying? He was saying, Joshua... Just like my strength was there, who was his strength? God. Just like God was me there, he is me with me now. Just like the Holy Spirit in me was filling me with power then, he is filling me with power now. Just like God was giving me weapons to fight then, he is giving me weapons to fight now. And that's what you can say. And you know, and in God's eternity, the exciting thing is like, just as Caleb's strength was then, that's the same power, the same Holy Spirit, the same God that is in us here today. Amen? That is exci- Someone needs to get excited. Amen? Because we can say, just like Caleb was able to do that then, I can do it now. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we can go ahead and take over the land. We just need to have a different spirit. What does that mean? To follow God fully. Church, God was Caleb's strength. God was David's strength. God was Sarah's strength. God was Mary's strength. God was Paul's strength. And the same God wants to conquer Madison through you. The same God wants to bring restoration to your marriage through you. The same God wants to bring your children back through you. The same God wants to change this nation through you. The same God wants to bring revival to this city through you. With the same strength and power and might that he gave Caleb. Caleb said, I was strong when I was 45 because my strength was in him. And I am just as strong now because my strength is still in him. I don't care what the enemy has tried to do in your life. I don't know how long you've been wandering in the desert. I don't know what's happening in your life. But God says, all I need is someone with a different spirit that will follow me wholly. With all of his heart. I want us to go to Numbers 14, 13 to 15. And Joshua blessed him. And gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as the inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenesite, to this day. Because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. In the name of Hebron, formerly, formerly, everybody said formerly, was Kirjat Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then, it says, the land had rest from war. You know what Caleb did? He got rid of the giants. He took over possession of the land. He changed the name back to Hebron. He brought identity back. You know, he went there and he took over. He took possession. He went to the enemy's camp and he took back what the enemy has stolen. And he said, this is my land. He climbed up that snow mountain and he defeated the enemies. These giants. Goliath comes from them. These are the descend- that Goliath is the descendants of the giants. And he went up and he brought them down. And he says, the name that God had for this city is Hebron. No more is it going to be Arba. And he changed the name 
He brought the city back to its destiny. And that's what we need to do. We're no longer going to be called a defeated church. We're not going to long, longer be called the people who are sad. The people who are the weak church. No, let's bring back our name. We are the mighty children of the Lord. We are the sons. This is what we have to understand. We are the sons of the king of the kings. Amen. We are the sons and daughters of the king of the kings. We are the head and we are not the tail. We are more than conquerors. I mean, that's what God is saying to you. God is saying to you, arise, yeah, you, and shine because your light has come. You are mighty with him. Oh, God is full of promises. You know what he says to you? The enemy can come with all of his weapons. Weapons are going to form against you to attack you. But you know what he says? But they're not going to prosper. The enemy is under your feet. But we need to believe it. We need to have a different spirit. And then if you jump a few chapters and you go to Joshua chapter 7, the Bible talks in that chapter about six cities of refuge. Guess what one of those cities of refuge was? Hebron. God had a plan for that city. This used to be a city full of giants, 45. People used to run away from this city for fear. The Israelites had to wander in the desert for 40 years because they were afraid to go to this city because they were afraid that they were going to die. But when Caleb decided to take over this mountain, when he decided to fight, when he stood up and he started shining, he not only conquered his mountain, but he was able to bring a blessing to the entire congregation. And the city that was conquered by giants, the city who had a different name, came back to its own original name, to hit its destination, and now it's a place of refuge. It used to be a city where people used to run to from that city. Guess what? Now the people that are afraid for their lives, they're running to the city for protection. It became a city of refuge. Because that was the plan that God had for that city. It was God's plan. God has a plan for this city, for Madison. But we need someone with a different spirit that is going to conquer their mountain so that the entire city can become a city of refuge. Someone in your family needs to stand up and say, I'm going to come conquer this mountain so that your entire family becomes a refuge. Someone needs to start conquering and fighting for health in your life, in the church, so that other people can start benefiting from it. That's what God wants to do. There's a, a, a great thing. There's an amazing promise that God has for each one of us. But we need to stand up. We need to arise and we need to shine. We need a different spirit. We need something that is going to be inside of us, that is going to shake inside of us, and that is going to cause us to say, I'm tired of just sitting around and just watching. I'm tired of just walking around the desert in circles. I'm tired of reading the Bible and look, comparing it to my life. And my life and the Bible don't match. And it is time to conquer what the enemy has taken away from us. Oh, but the, full is, the city is full of giants. You know, the interesting thing, God is God and he knows it all. But 
God can't even comprehend. God doesn't even understand what a giant is. You know what I'm trying to tell you? I mean, like, what's a giant? Oh, a giant is big. And God is like, what do you mean? How big? <laughs> oh, but giants are strong. Well, like, how strong? God doesn't understand what a giant is. Because God is the giant. We sing the song. We even have, you know, a choreography to it. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, that what? There's nothing that he cannot do. I mean, our God is so big. He's strong. He's mighty. And that situation that you're dealing through. Yes, it, I'm not denying that it's a difficult situation. I'm not saying that, that, that it's tough. What I'm saying is God has something better. God has something better. Don't settle there. Don't stay there. You need to go to God and say, God, I'm ready to conquer my mountain. I am not going to allow my children to get lost. I am not going to let my teenagers get lost. I'm not going to allow for this city to become whatever it is. You need to rise up. Everybody, let's go to Joel. We need a different spirit. What does that mean? Like Caleb, who followed God with all of his heart. Joel chapter 2, verses 12 to the first part of 14. says, now therefore, says the Lord. This is what he says. This is not me. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me. That's what a different spirit is. That's what it means to follow God wholeheartedly. Turn to me. Turn to me. Look at the person next to you and say, turn to him. Turn to him. How? Turn to me with all of your heart. I mean, it sounds like Caleb. Turn to me with all of your heart. With fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. What does that mean? Fasting. Fasting is all about being humble. Fasting is saying, God, I'm dependent on you. So God says, turn to me with a humble spirit, with humility. And with weeping and mourning, in repentance. God says, turn to me in repentance. I don't know why you're in the desert. I don't know why things are going the way they are. Maybe it's a consequence of your sin. Maybe it's something that happened with your family. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. God says, come to me just as you are. Just as you are. Why? Listen to this. So rend your heart and know your garments. He wants something inside. He doesn't care if you're here worshiping and lifting your hands and all of that. He wants to see your heart. You know, like we used to say, I don't know if in the United States that happens, but in Honduras, you know, like um, a lot of times your parents say, you know, stand up. A church, stand up. And you're standing there as a kid, and then your dad says, well, you know, outside you're standing, but inside you're still sitting down. You know, change your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. Well, God says, I don't want you just lifting up your hands. I want you to, I want your heart to worship me. I want you to surrender to me. Why? Because God, he is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. And then he says, verse 14, and who knows? Everybody say, who knows? Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him? I was reading this last week. Two weeks ago, 
And it touched my heart because you know what it says? Who knows? Why are we going to take over that mountain? Because who knows? Everybody say, who knows? Why do we come to church? Because who knows what God is going to do? Why are we going to pray? Because who knows what God is going to do? Why are we going to come on Tuesdays and pray and have people pray for the sick? Because who knows what God is going to do? And that's the mighty thing. You know, I don't know where you are. I don't know where your family is. But I believe that if you rise up and you say, I'm taking over this mountain, who knows what God is going to do? He knows. What I do know is that he's a good God. Amen? You know, you read the Gospels and the multitudes followed Jesus. Everywhere he went, there was a multitude. You know why? Because who knows? What he was going to do. Maybe there's a funeral, a funeral procession, and who knows, he might stop and raise the dead. Amen? Do you know why Mary and Martha went to Jesus and called for him when Lazarus was sick? Because who knows what he was going to do. Do you know why the blind men say, oh Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know why he said that? Because who knows? Amen? The leper went to God and said, if you're willing, heal me. Who knows? He didn't know. But you know what Jesus said? To Martha, he said, I am the resurrection. To the leper man, he said, I am willing. To the, person, the, woman, the girl that was dead, he said, arise. Amen? Who knows? Peter was in the boat, and he said, Jesus, while Jesus was walking on the water, Jesus, if that's you, call me to come to you. And Jesus said, come to me, Peter. And you know what Peter said? Well, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> but I'm going. Amen? And when you believe in the who knows of God, things happen. People were always amazed because the who knows of God is powerful. Who knows what God wants to do with Madison if his church arises and shines? Who knows what God is going to do in your marriage if you decide, you know what, I'm going to fight for this mountain. Who knows what's going to happen in your business if you decide to, to just show up to work tomorrow, deciding that this is your mountain and that you're going to claim it for Jesus. Who knows what's going to happen if the church rises up in Madison and we pray for revival. Who knows what's going to happen if you go to school on Monday and you hear that someone is sick and you lay hands on them and pray for healing, who knows? But arise and shine, says the Lord. The multitudes following him. The disciples were amazed. The Pharisees were surprised because he was walking with power. I believe when the Trinity was up in heaven and they see how the world has taken over, the devil has taken over the world. I can just see Jesus going to Father God and saying, I'll take over that mountain. The enemy has taken over. I'll take over that mountain. And he came down to earth and he fought. For the joy set before him, says the Bible. He went to the cross 
for you and for me. Why? Because we had a different destiny than what the enemy had for us. Because God said, it is not my will that anyone will perish. And he fought for that mountain. And that was you and me. And now God is calling you to fight for the destiny that he has prepared for each one of you. Oh, it's something powerful. It's something powerful. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But God wants to change things starting today. Men, God has something exciting for you. Women, God has something exciting for you. Don't settle for the less. Be bold. Look at the promises of God. Look at the promises of God. All 12 spies saw the promises of God. But only two of them said, that belongs to us. The rest said, that's good, but it's taken. No. Take possession of the land. Don't let the enemy overcome you. You're greater with God. You are greater with God than the enemy. He's under our feet. We just got a puppy. We got a little dog. He's like about two pounds right now. Very cute. And the other day, I'm going to put my daughter on the spot there, but that's what pastors do. <clears throat> she came to me and said, oh, you know, the little puppy is biting me and, ah, uh, you know, wolf me. And I looked at her and I'm like, the, the little puppy is biting you? Like, go and do something about it. <laughs> you're greater than the dog. You know, you're mightier than the dog. Just grab the dog and say, no biting. <laughs> Push him to the side. And she came, but she came to me. And you know why, why I said that to her? I mean, this wasn't a big Rottweiler that was about to attack her. <laughs> I love her. It's not that I, I wasn't concerned about her. But as her father, I know that she had the strength to stop that dog. I know that she had the power to say no to I love her. It's not that I didn't want to go and help her. It's like, I know you can do it. It's almost like I was saying, arise and shine, Isabella, <laughs> and defeat that puppy. <laughs> I mean, you own the puppy. The puppy belongs to you. You know? <laughs> I want everybody to stand up. God is calling this city higher. God is calling this church higher. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose and he has a destiny for your life. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what the enemy has been telling you or the lies that he's been putting in your life. But God says, and I say it again, my plan for you is better. My plan for you is bigger. If you're alive today, there's more. Amen? If you're alive today, God has a better destiny, a better purpose. He has something for you, and he wants you to enter into that. He says that we can go from glory to glory to glory to glory. You know, last year was good, but I want something new this year, God. For the teenagers, for the people that are going back to school. Maybe I had a good school year last year, but there's something better this year. 
Maybe your marriage was good last year. Oh, but there's, it can be even better. Maybe your marriage was a mess last year. Well, we can transform it this year. What's the mountain that the enemy has taken from you that he wants you to recover? God says, I'm here so that you may have life and life abundant. That's the will of God. That's the purpose. That's the plan that he has for you. Life abundant. A supernatural life. You know what that means? The super of God over your natural. A supernatural life. Are you living that? Or are you feeling defeated? Are you feeling like everywhere you turn, there's giants. There's fortified cities. There's issues. There's problems. I'm not denying that those are not there. Those are the facts. But you know, there's facts, but then there's also God's truth. And God's truth is greater and higher than any fact or circumstance that you might be facing right now. The facts were that Hebron was called Arba, the city of Arba. The facts were that Arba was full of walls. The fact was that Arba had giants. The truth was that it belonged to Caleb. The truth was that the city was a city of refuge. If you rise up and fight and contend for what God has for you, God will bless your family. God will bless your church. God will bless your city. And as we close your eyes, I'm going to open the altar here. If you want to come forward, I usually, in my church, I usually tell people, come forward. They're like, Pastor Marshall, why do we need to come forward? Because who knows? <laughs> who knows what God will do if you come forward? Sometimes we just need to just take that step. Get out of where we are and take that step. You know, maybe you need to come here and you need to say, God, I want a different spirit. I don't want to be normal. I don't want to have the same spirit as everybody else. God, I want to follow you with all of my heart. Maybe you need to come forward and repent. And say, God, I was, I was the one saying no. I was one of the ten. I was leaving my destiny behind because things look difficult. Well, come forward and say, God, here I am again. He's not going to come to you and say, oh, you were walking on the desert. No, he loves you. Maybe you just want to come forward and you want to set that mountain before God. And say, God, I, I'm praying for my marriage. Just come. Just let God minister to your life. He wants to do something, church. He wants to bless your life. And Father God, I just pray for this church right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will fill us with your power. Father, I know that you have something better. And I don't know who I'm speaking to. But this is the beginning of something new. It wasn't easy. But God wants to bless you. He will give you the tools that you need. He will need you. He will give you the weapons that you need. He will give you the words to speak. Father, I pray for healing in the name of Jesus. 
If there's anyone that has a physical ailment here in this, in this congregation, I just pray for your divine healing in the name of Jesus. We claim what belongs to us in the name of Jesus. Maybe God, maybe someone has spoken to you and they have said, you have this gift, you have that gift, and you're not walking in that power and that authority. Well, take it back. There's prophets here. Start speaking. There's people that are going to walk in miracles. Start living a miraculous life. There are people that are going to have discernment like they've never had before. Start walking in that. Enter into what God has for you. Enter into your destiny. Don't focus on the giants. Don't focus on the problems. Like someone says here, yes, there's a lot of buts, but, but God, that's the biggest one. But God can do it. So I speak to the giant of sickness. And I say in the name of Jesus, let go of your church. Let go of your church. I speak to depression and in the name of Jesus, I say let go. Let go. Set your people free, God. In the name of Jesus. I speak to the marriages of this church. And I say marriages that were on the brink of divorce will become a marriage of refuge where people will come to you for advice in the name of Jesus I speak to the teenagers and the children and I declare that we're not going to lose them to the world but they're going to be a mighty army in the mighty mighty name of Jesus I pray for these soldiers here God all he needs is one one with a different spirit. One who will follow God with all of their heart. The enemy is afraid of you. He can lie to you. But that's as much as he can do. Oh, move among your people. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I come against fear. Some of you have been walking in the desert because you are afraid to take that step. You're afraid to climb the mountain. Let God be the king of that mountain. And he says to you, arise and shine. Father God, I pray for the men in this church. I pray that the men will be the men that God has called them to be. Leaders in their homes, leaders in the businesses. That they will stand for righteousness. That they will not just be sitting in the benches. But, but they will get involved. I pray for committed men and women. I pray for people in the name of Jesus that are following with all, you with all of their hearts. Oh Holy Spirit come. Pour out your spirit in a new way God. In the name of Jesus. We need you God. We need more of you. And I just see God just, just giving you weapons to overcome. I declare in the name of Jesus that God is going to start giving you strategies to deal with the situations that you're dealing with. 
God is going to give you the answers to overcome those mountains. God is going to give you the strength, the patience, the wisdom that you need to be able to deal with those mountains. But today we say no more. No more, devil. Say it, no more. You are not going to rule my house. You are not going to rule my city. I'm taking over in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just move among your people, God. Move among your people in the name of Jesus. And as you pray here, for those of you who are in the back, and Jesus is not the Lord of your life, today you can surrender your life to Jesus. If Jesus is not the king of your life, if you have not given your life to Jesus, you are not living the destiny that God has for you. So if you want Jesus to be your king, just ask him to come into your heart right now. He's knocking at the door of your heart and he says, if you let me in, I'm going to do something amazing with you. I'm going to give you eternal life. So you say, God, I forg forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my life. I know that you are God, Jesus. And I ask you to enter into my life. I know that you pay for my sins on the cross. You died on the cross and you rose on the third day in victory. And I want that victory in my life. Just receive Jesus into your life. And let him lead you. Thank you, God. Thank you because this is a new season. Today starts a new season in the lives of these people. Yes, it's a season of fighting and contending. But that shouldn't give us fear. We should get excited. Because God says, I will fight your battles. And it's already won. The battle is won. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Just let the Lord minister to you. He's downloading strategies to conquer those mountains. He's telling you how to shine. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If you need prayer, I'm going to be here to pray. But all you need is God.